All right, folks, welcome. This is a shot of politics. For those of y'all that aren't familiar with the format, we, I bill it as Drunk History meets Crossfire. Uh, we've got actually three participants tonight. We've got a, a, we have a Democrat. We've got a kind of a middle Democrat. <laughs> and then we've got Robbie, who represents the far, far right. <laughs> so uh, tonight's topic is actually going to be uh, Trump's first 100 days. And the reason that is the topic is because Trump moves from topic to topic to topic so fast. I could not, by the time I had it, I scheduled the podcast, I didn't know where we were going to be. So we're just going to generically argue about Trump tonight. And um, for those of y'all that want to hear this later, you can go to our website. It's a shot of politics.com. Uh, we have a Facebook page, but it is available on iTunes. So you can download it. And after I edit all the embarrassing things they say, you'll be able to listen to it again later. So, we'll get this thing started, and I, we'll, we'll start with a very simple question. How's Trump doing? He's 100 days in. Is it a success or is it a failure? So, Robbie, who, is it a success or a failure? <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I think my biggest disappointment from the first 100 days so far has just been when he fired Michael Flynn. What a bummer. And will Russia ties there? Is Russia, is Russia a problem for you, Wyatt? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean... Uh, if you, could, if you could influence the election of another country, which we've done previously with the CIA and other, um, other and agents. And Obama did, too, in Israel, although he failed. Netanyahu got reelected. Like, this is the U.S. that we're talking about. We're not talking about some other small country. We're talking about the United States and interference from a, a foreign nation trying to uh, influence our election to, to pick uh, what they normally call like a, a useful idiot where they, they, they put someone in that, you know, that, that doesn't actually uh, work in the best interests of our own country so that they can do whatever they want with us. They, they can pursue their own foreign interests. That's you know, kind of the issue with, with foreign intervention in our elections. You know, in answer to your original question, um, on the way here, I, I thought about how do you evaluate if Trump's 100 days are successful or not? And I thought about, well, you know, let's take a look at the polls. But polls are so subjective. And, and as we found out in November, they're Big also, news. yeah, yeah, they're also not very accurate. So then I, then I thought to myself, well, maybe what we need to do is take Trump's own words about what was going to happen in the first 100 days and evaluate his performance against the expectations that he himself set. What do you think about that, Robbie? I think when it comes to Donald Trump, the, prob the, the huge disconnect between supporters of Trump like me and antagonists of Trump like y'all are, oh, we take Donald Trump seriously, but not literally. And y'all take Donald Trump literally, but not seriously. So when Donald Trump goes out and says, NATO sucks, we're pulling out of NATO, we know that that's, that's the art of the deal. That is asking for more than you actually expect to get, and what he really wants is to reform NATO, which we're getting. Countries all over Europe are finally meeting their fiduciary obligations to NATO. Um, so when Trump says, we're gonna get this done on day one, we know that Washington, and it's not just the Democrats, but it's also the establishment Republicans, are so opposed to Donald Trump, and that he's not actually gonna be able, you know, the border wall's not gonna be done day one. We have, much more realistic expectations of the Trump agenda in a practical sense, whereas critics of Donald Trump want to take him strictly in the literal sense. Well, and I think that's the biggest reason that w Donald Trump's most loyal supporters like me are still behind Donald Trump. Well, I think maybe, you know, the border wall, and I get that. Nobody, I, I don't think anybody in their right mind expected a border wall to be constructed in the first 100 days. But... You said that, that establishment Washington is against Trump, but yet the Republican Congress or the Republicans in Congress have been screaming about repeal and replacing Obamacare for seven years, okay? Thinking and they've that been they, passing bills excuse me, for seven excuse years. Excuse me, excuse me. But so why hasn't it happened? It's because when the rubber hit the road, it turns out the Republicans in Congress really weren't interested in repeal and replace. But wait a minute. They've said repeal and replace, and Donald Trump said repeal and replace. I'm going to repeal and replace Obamacare within the first 100 days. Everybody's going to love it. Everybody's going to be covered. 
and he had a Republican Congress to now go along with him, and it hasn't happened. No, so I, is that I a success agree. or a failure? Is that a Trump success I or a Trump I failure? believe it's a story that doesn't have an ending yet. Um, I, I, if you think that the Republican Party can possibly survive leaving Obamacare intact, that's disaster. But there are about 40 or so rep Republican moderates in Congress who have impeded the president and, to a certain extent, P Speaker Ryan at, at every step of the way. I, I go back and forth on whether or not I support the Speaker of the House, but I will say this. Donald Trump remains committed to repealing and replacing Obamacare. The problem is obstruction within the Republican caucus in Congress. Okay, and again, uh, what I heard you say was that there are moderate Republicans in the House who are impeding Trump's efforts to do this, but when he advocated the first bill a couple of weeks ago, it wasn't Republican moderates. It happened to be the Freedom Caucus. I think the Freedom Caucus kind of unfairly gets a bad rap. I will say, when, when they rolled out the plan, and it was this three-step plan, and Tom, Senator Tom Cotton from Arkansas goes, you're crazy if you think step two and step three are ever going to happen. Tom Cotton's right in the sense of the way Washington used to work, but that's not the way Donald Trump works. I was fully committed and supportive of Donald Trump's three-step plan, which it actually looks like it's going to end up being that same three-step plan. Um, because the, the old narrative of the way Washington works has been blown up by Donald Trump being elected president in the first place. Wyatt? Well, I mean, Paul Ryan, he, like, he set up uh, uh, the Republican health care bill um, so that it was, it was almost guaranteed to pass. Like he, it was like a, I don't remember what it was, but it was like a budget bill or something that, and it, he, he set it up so that, um, uh, there couldn't be like a, a filibuster to it. I mean, it was, it was set up to pass and it ended up being dead on arrival, you know? Um, and even if you look at, uh, if you look at the wall, I mean, like who's going to end up paying for the wall? You, you talk about, um... You know, fiscal responsibility, uh, pulling yourself up by the bootstraps, um, and you might be saying, "Well, you know, it's it's part of it's part of Trump's bigger plan that he he has this art of the deal and he's trying to ask he's trying to uh, get Mexico to pay for the wall, right?" But I mean, Mexico is never going to pay for that wall, and it, if anyone ever does, it's going to end up being the U.S. taxpayers, and we're not happy about it. Um, I realize that as Democrats, y'all are used to the Stalinistic attitude of your party where everyone does whatever the leadership tells them to do. Unfortunately, in our party, things don't work like that because we are truly the party of big tent and multiple ideas, which can be frustrating because we have these multiple wings of our party. But I would couple, you, I think you, three main things I want to separate out what Wyatt just said. One, is the health care bill truly a failure of Donald Trump or is it a failure of congressional Republicans? And I think it's a failure of congressional Republicans. And you can't underestimate the extent to which there are so many congressional Republicans who are mad that Donald Trump got the nomination and who are flabbergasted that he won the election. The second thing is the border wall. When Donald Trump said that Mexico's gonna pay for the wall, there is not a single Donald Trump voter who thought that we were gonna sit around and wait for a check to arrive from Mexico City and that was going to be used to build the wall. There's things like remittance taxes, there's all sorts of different tariffs and ways that in effect, Mexico will end up paying for the wall. I, well, like the next time that... It, but see, it's not spin, and that's again what okay. Donald okay, Trump's but I mean, critics don't it's, understand. It's, we don't take him literally. We didn't expect Mexico to write a check and send it to Washington. No, you're right. It's, it's not spin. It's gaslighting. It, it's to the point where you say one thing, and then it's, it's the complete opposite. It's whatever, it's whatever he can get instead of what he's actually working for. It's not, and this, is, this has is. become the fallback for the Donald Trump critics and the left to rely on, which is to nitpick and parse his words, and if he doesn't do exactly to the letter what his tweet at 4 o'clock in the morning said, then he has screwed us all. Now, but Robbie, a re I, that's not I'm true. Sorry. That's I, not true. I'm sorry. That is, that is beyond the pale, what yeah. you just said. Okay. Donald Trump. Not, not anyone else, Donald Trump said, I will repeal and replace Obamacare on day one. 
He said it. And then... Yeah, and I didn't believe it. And then... <laughs> and I still voted for him. Okay. <laughs> you may not believe it, and you may have voted for him, but there were a lot of people out there who did believe it and vote for him. Then okay. why are Donald Trump supporters still supportive of Donald Trump? There have been poll after poll after poll where it's revealed that Donald Trump voters have stood with him. And we're if there were a bunch of Donald Trump voters that were disappointed and upset, CNN would have a fake news panel every hour on the hour of these people, but they don't exist. And what we're starting to see, though, is, is, a, is a, a, a schism here. Okay, because now we're seeing that Obamacare is more popular than it's ever been. Because all of a sudden, the same polls that said Hillary Clinton had a 93 percent chance, and the of same winning. polls that say <laughs> all of these people are still sticking with Donald Trump. I mean, don't <laughs> badmouth polls when it's convenient for you. True. Okay, don't do well, that. It depends on the poll. Oh, that's bullshit. <laughs> don't. There's not. There was actually a really interesting article that I uh, read today that broke down the accuracy rating of various polls, and it's hilarious to see how inaccurate. Uh, organizations like the USA Today and CNN were, as, as opposed to some of the more accurate ones like McClatchy and Rasmussen. Absolutely. <clears throat> it, I, however, every again, every single one of these polls had Hillary Clinton winning. So even the ones that got it closest to being most accurate are were wrong. Okay, we're we're, we're not talking about the election. We're talking. Yeah. I mean, you want to yeah, talk but, about? Uh, well, we're talking well, we about polling. We still are, aren't we? I mean, Trump just went back and rewent over his electoral math win. Like that was. Well, the reason why that's still relevant is because we now have investigations into whether there were actually ties uh, with Mike Flynn and, and the rest of the administration during the campaign. And whether those had influence? No, in actually, the allegations about Mike Flynn are after Donald Trump's election, when he was when he was the designated national security advisor. No, because it's John Podesta, Hillary's campaign no, 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 manager, who has extensive pre-election ties they were, they to the Russian giving, Federation. They were giving Mike Flynn and a bunch of others. They were meeting up with them and giving them money about a year before. Up before the campaign, I, I think, it was look, planned. I think what we're doing. Oh yeah, because paid down. speeches are so bad. We're going down. It a wasn't a paid hole. speech. It was they, those were meetings. Those were private meetings with with like an ambassador from uh, the Ukraine and, and Russia. I mean, these are these okay. Are those two countries don't get along. Look, we're, we're going was, down a rabbit hole here. <laughs> I don't think we need to relitigate the the election. The fact of the matter is Donald Trump. But won. that's what the whole Russia thing is all about. I know. Is y'all trying to relitigate the election I, it, and somehow impugn Donald Trump's victory? I don't. First it, of all, about I don't impugning. have anything to say about the the Russian interference, assuming there was some, in the election because the facts aren't out yet. Let's not relitigate the election. Let's focus or lack on, thereof of facts. Let's focus on the 100 days of Trump and have they been successful? And by his own words, even though you don't take them literally, by his own words, it's been an unmitigated disaster. It's not been an unmitigated... How, how has it been an unmitigated I'm going to repeal disaster. and replace Obamacare on day one. Didn't happen. I'm going to build a wall on day one. Mexico's going to pay for it. <laughs> Didn't happen. I'm going to... I mean... I mean, again, that's because that's, you're taking him literally. We all knew those things weren't going to be able to happen on day one. And I guess it boils down to this. Let's say that there let's say that a hundred percent of Donald Trump's campaign promises have not come true at the hundred day mark. Pretty close. Who who cares? He's got four freaking years. <laughs> oh well, first of all, I wouldn't bet on that, but that's beside the point. Oh my god. <laughs> you people still think he's gonna get impeached? <laughs> I think he's he is. Gonna, I think he's gonna Nixon quit. got impeached. Nixon got impeached. Oh, but, yeah. But a lot worse than Nixon. I'd, I'd, I'd like to read you a quote, okay? You talk about four years. Let me read you a quote. <laughs> Next, I will work with Congress to introduce the following broad legislation and fight for passage in the first hundred days. Mm. Donald Trump. Okay? So don't give me this bullshit about f four years. Donald Trump set the expectation for the first and I guess days. my question is, like I just said earlier, okay, so let's say his first hundred days he has not followed through on these promises. So what? <laughs> it's a four-year term, and he's going to get reelected in 2020. Oh, so we'll he's see. Got we'll see. <laughs> let's see if he makes it four years. Well, I don't know if your geriatric he, he bench of Bernie Sanders hey, and Elizabeth Warren hey, could hey, actually hey, do anything hey. in 2020. I, I, he's already talking about it like, like, he's, like he didn't know how hard it was going to be being president. 
Like, he sounds like he's going to resign tomorrow. Yeah, I agree. And again, that's a great example of taking him literally. I, oh, okay. I fully understand what he meant next, when he said next that. Next time he says he something, I'll come to you and get a translation. Ex- he There's nev- no one that knows what he's saying. No he one. He never expected to get to D.C. and see as much opposition in Congress from his own party as he's getting. I, you know, that's probably a fair assessment. Okay? That, I, I agree with that. Because right. what, he, what he's doing is unconstitutional. About half of what he's doing is unconstitutional. And, he's, he's, and it's going to the, the federal court, getting struck down. All of it. Travel ban. Barack Obama is the president most overturned by unanimous decisions at the Supreme Court we've had in history. Well, but he was in there two terms for eight years. <laughs> but we're not discussing Barack Obama. We're discussing Donald Trump. I get that you people aren't used to his hypocrisy sticking to the left, but the utter hypocrisy by which you're judging your savior and hero, Barack Obama, versus the savior of America, He's Donald not my Trump. savior. But... Uh, but wait a minute. Again. Every time you people are like, not my president, I'm like, kind of is. <laughs> uh, uh, hold on for a second. Again, all we're doing is using Donald Trump's words. He said, I'm going to do the following. And there's a whole shitload list here that he was going to do in 100 days. He said it. So now, last week, as the 100 days get closer, he all of a sudden says, oh, the 100 days are a false no, 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 no. But you're the one who set the expectation, dude. You said it. And again, I'll, I'll say this again. To the extent that Donald Trump has not followed through on the promises in the first hundred days, I don't blame him. I blame Congress. Well, but he's a deal maker, is he not? <laughs> Isn't he, is he not right. a deal maker? Okay? <laughs> I mean, listen to what the man has said. All right? What he said is, who knew health care was going to be so hard? Well, no shit. I could have told you health care was going to be hard. Okay? Who knew that I wasn't going to like this job as much as I, or this job was going to be much more difficult than being a real estate developer? Anybody on two legs and a brain could have told him that. Yes? I mean, the man's expectations of himself... And, and I guess, again, like the point that I've made is I think people like me and people who are Donald Trump supporters still have those expectations, still believe that there's going to be action, still believe that something's going to occur, and that an arbitrary 100 days deadline has come and gone, and it was something that maybe, yes, he did promise us was going to happen in 100 days, but again, I see him trying. I see Congress being the one unable to deliver. I see him putting forth the promises legislatively that he promised us. And it's not him, it's Congress. And well, I, okay, I think but, that's a fair assessment. I really do. Okay, but he's, he's still got uh, cabinet positions that are unfilled. There, uh, if you compare it to other, uh, other previous presidents, there's still more cabinet positions that have not been filled. Well, and to, and to that extent... <laughs> and to that extent... Yeah, and to that extent, it's the Democrats in the Senate who lamb basted Republicans during Obama's term as the party of no, but you people have become the party of hell no. You people. How how so? Help help us understand that. Is there anything, anything, other than some red state Democrats up for re-election in 2018, anything the Democrats have crossed the aisle and worked with Republicans on? Are you dreaming you are aware that in the House there is a, there is a, the, the bill to prevent the shutdown of the government was negotiated between Democrats and Republicans. You are aware of that, you are the, you the not? Week-long continuing resolution? Actually, it's not. Oh, you mean the new, the new the bill new that one funds through was, October? Yep, was Democrats and Republicans getting together and compromising and working through the solution. Okay, so please don't sit there and say that Democrats have been obstructionist. There has been compromise going on. On both sides. Yeah. Okay. All right, folks, you heard it here from Democrats. They are willing to work with Donald Trump. I mean... <laughs> so at least keep the, the government running. You know, I think Democrats are willing to work with Donald Trump. Are Democrats willing to, to pass as a, a, a replacement for Obamacare that doesn't cover pre-existing conditions? No. That's absurd. That's ridiculous. Okay. Um... Are Democrats willing to uh, 
impose huge import tariffs to pay for a wall? No. 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 Because Democrats, unlike Republicans, understand that that huge import tariff, that's trickle-down economics. That trickles down to the people who now have to pay for the goods and services coming for the country. And this is actually in one major study that I read yesterday that shows why Democrats lost is because they've become identified as the party of globalism and the rich. They believe that it is Democrat policies that hurt the little guy. They believe that it is Democrats who want to export jobs to other countries. They believe that it is Democrats who want to have a bunch of Florida people lose their jobs in Orlando because Disney is importing people from across the ocean. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The party that has so long to claim to fight for the little guy has become the party of Wall Street, as evidenced by Barack Obama making about a million and a half dollars in the last week from agreeing to speeches. Mm -hmm. As evidenced by Hillary and Bill Clinton becoming multi-millionaires by giving speeches to Wall Street banks. So, Robbie, I'll actually agree with you there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so will I. I. <laughs> I like, I, I campaigned for Bernie. You know, I... Show's over. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, I, I see that, too. I agree with you. I think, uh, I think there's been an issue with corruption on both sides where um, uh, corporations and, and lobbyists have gotten in uh, and have tried to uh, install their influence in both parties, both Democratic and Republican. Um, and it's to the point where the Democratic Party basically has uh, business as usual, taking uh, huge fees from Wall Street, doing paid speeches, um, both with uh, Hillary Clinton and Obama. Um, and I mean, that was one of the reasons why I campaigned for Bernie, because I, I saw that um, I thought he was genuine. I thought he was, uh, you know, even if you don't like him, you know, I, I, I believe that he had our best values in, in interest. Was that um, at his first house or his third house? Yeah. <clears throat> you you really want to bring that up? I mean, <laughs> you, you make it... I mean, if he's not living in a trailer park, you're unhappy. <laughs> no, but there's a certain amount of huge hypocrisy on the part of it's not huge. It's not huge hypocrisy. This is a guy that, that I mean, he's 70-something. He's old. I mean, and he's managed to accrue I mean, three but, houses on a government salary. Okay, okay. He has never in his entire life had a job in the private sector. He has always been an elected official from his days as mayor of Burlington, and yet somehow this man can afford three homes. I'm, I'm not. Have fun, guys. I'm not touching that. One. <laughs> but I mean, what you you want him to to. To be pushed around in a cart and, and like live in a trailer park? I mean, no, like, but what, he, as he is, what, I mean, what, he's what, old. He's got to be I mean, pushed around a cart. No, right? but you look at his net value, like his, his net worth. He's still the lowest out of, out of all the people that campaigned. And oh, you're still he, unhappy about he's, that. He's the poorest of 100. Oh, poor guy. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not like, it's not like he's a, a rich billionaire. I mean, you like, know, I, Robbie, I, I, I think, I do. I think that. The vitriol, the um, divisiveness aside, we probably agree on a lot more than you think. I agree that the Democrats have lost touch. I absolutely agree that, with Thank that. You. Okay? But again, I think that's a debate for another day. All right? I think Barack Obama's history or legacy is a debate for another day. Okay, I think what we need to do is focus on what we have now. Okay, and your expectation that he's going to continue, that Trump is going to continue to move forward, I accept that expectation. I don't think that he will, because I think you guys are going to lose the, the Congress in 2018. Okay, and even, then he's even going with to, the math in our favor. The yeah, way I do. I think he's, <laughs> I think you guys are going to lose. Um, <laughs> And then he's going to be in real deep shit, assuming he's still around. Okay, he, then he's going to be in real trouble. He's got to get stuff done now. Well, and there have been some very big disappointments, but he is getting an, an amazing amount done simply by executive order and repealing so mm -hmm. many of Barack Obama's executive orders. Mm -hmm. And for that, I am very happy. And <clears throat> I will say this. At first, I was very uh, disappointed with the budget deal that takes us through October. 
But after listening to the uh, uh, press conference this afternoon where the director of OMB, Mulvaney, came out and talked about the, the victories that we had in the budget, I'm a little more mollified. I'm definitely disappointed that some of our some of Trump's promises did not happen in this budget. Yeah. Um, but, again, I've, <clears throat> I've worked in party politics my entire life. I've gone out and I've worked for Mitt Romney and John McCain and George Bush. My first campaign ever was as a middle schooler when I made my dad drove me to Jeb Bush's campaign office in 1998. And... I just believe in Donald Trump in a different way than I've never believed in one of our previous candidates. I will say this. It was really funny. You know that Facebook function where it shows you your memories on this day in the last several yeah. years? Yep. I, I was shocked to see leading up to March 15th when the Florida primary was last year that in my support of Marco in the Florida primary, I'd actually use the hashtag never Trump. I had <laughs> forgotten I did that. <clears throat> but if there's one thing that drove me into the arms of Donald Trump and made me become a believer, it was the never Trumpers in my own party. It wasn't the Democrats. It wasn't the media. It was to see the people in my own party so opposed to Donald Trump. And what it made me realize was is that Washington works a single way. Doesn't matter if you're a Republican, doesn't matter if you're a Democrat. And my support for Donald Trump is based on the fact that I believe he's come to Washington to blow things up. And while this is that a good thing? Is that really a good thing? You yes, want that? I believe. Well, it I is. mean, okay. For, I mean, y'all just sat here and talked about no, how upset no, 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 you no. are with the existing Democrat Party. I am equally. He, he just talked about shutting down the government and saying it was a good thing. Oh, shut it fucking down! Oh God, who cares? Oh my! So people can't go to Yellowstone for a couple of days until we defeat the Democrats and get the budget we want. Shut it down. That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Well, it's actually a quote from the Democrats' no. favorite imaginary president, Barton. No, I mean, have, have, we ever, have we ever had a day when the government's been shut down? Yeah, Saturdays and Sundays. Actually, we did. Yeah, we did. I, you know, and, and I get what you're saying. I do. I don't necessarily agree with it, but I get what you're saying. Unfortunately for him... Um, I think, obviously I don't know the man, but I think that his expectation was that he, by sheer force, force of will, was going to be able to come in here or into D.C. and change it. Yeah. And, and lo and behold, he's become the disease, and D.C. is the antibody. D.C. is trying to kill him. I mean, I agree with the first part of your statement. I really, I, that when he said he didn't expect this job to be as hard as it was, I think what he meant was... I can't believe I got here and the Republicans in Congress won't help me out. That's yeah. not what he said. That's not what he I said. I think that's what he meant. Yeah. I think that's yeah, what he meant. Yeah, but I mean, it's... I mean, Trump, like, Trump isn't... He's he, not Jesus. He's, this isn't the Bible. I know, but You're not open point. to interpretation. He's shocked I mean, that his agenda is not supported by his own party. Yeah. Now, whether or not you agree with his agenda is a totally separate thing. But I really believe that's what he meant. And to the extent to which he's getting pushback from his own party in Congress is because... I, do, I believe there are Republicans in Congress who do not want to repeal and replace Obamacare. There are Republicans in Congress who I mean, you know Congress why, though? Because like, people will die if you, if you repeal Obamacare. <sighs> if, you re, if you repeal it without actually having a replacement, I, I mean, like, you're, you're The replacement to, I mean, is the free market. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. I worked in the free market in healthcare for, for 26 years, okay? I worked for Florida Blue. And until the ACA, they would not cover a pre-existing condition. So it's not the fr and at any price. I love price, Florida Blue. They give tons of money to RPOF. Right. At, <laughs> at any price, they wouldn't do it. Okay. So it's not the free market. We do need some government regulation in healthcare. Okay. Uh, not opinion. Fact. We need it. All right. But let's again let's think about Trump's. Shock that the Republican Party is not supporting his agenda. Let's think about his um, thinking that he, could, he was the, the master of making a deal. And then let's think about the failures that he's had in terms of making a deal. 
Okay, there's this huge gap here that I don't know if it's ever going to close. He's not going to change. Washington is not going to change. So what do we, how does he close that gap? Because we can't stay paralyzed. We've got to do a bunch of stuff. Are there not a lot of parallels between Trump and Congress and Governor Scott and the Florida legislature? Because Scott kind of went in with the same thing. He was yeah. trying to be an outsider, and he still does that outsider thing. And now we have two parties in Florida, which we didn't have before. We used to have Republicans, and that was it in the, in the Tallahassee. And now we've got the legislature and and then you've got scott and they're just constantly battling and so scott will get into it where i think trump's gonna when he discovers the veto pen will really turn the tide a little bit because that's what's going on with scott if if you don't if scott doesn't give you what you want or if the legislature doesn't give you give them what scott wants he'll start vetoing your bill yeah i mean that's um aaron bean's that way you know aaron bean pissed off rick scott years ago and i got an aaron bean mail piece today by the way an Aaron Bean what? I'm sorry. Mail piece. Did you really? Yeah. <laughs> uh, paid for by the Senate Republican Campaign Committee. Wow. Well, he's, you know, he's up for the CFO appointment, which he's not going to get. No, he's not. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a big, the biggest difference <clears throat> probably in that dynamic would be that we have line item veto in Florida. Yeah. Scott has a lot more power to... <laughs> Scott has a lot more power to tell certain members of the legislature, yeah, go fuck yourself... Um, we also, I, I don't know, it's looking like we're not going to extend the legislative session terribly longer than maybe a day or two. Um, and again, the, uh, Governor Scott seems much more, uh, in tune with President of the Senate, Negron, um, where they're able to get things done as a, a in opposition to Speaker Cochran, who... I am chairman of the Florida Young Republicans, and I will admit it, I fucking hate him. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Can we take that down? <laughs> um, <laughs> although I did have a Facebook status yesterday that was, Paul Ryan sucks. So, <laughs> I, I, um, Yeah, that was mine yesterday, too. <laughs> and and obviously, <laughs> obviously, we don't have that. Uh, the, Donald Trump doesn't have the line-item veto power that he has, so he's yeah. got to do a lot more wheeling and dealing which is probably why we got the budget we got through October that is dis dis somewhat disappointing to uh, conservatives like me, Donald Trump supporters like me. Um, but really, the more importantly, it is kind of funny that this is a state that voted for Barack Obama twice, and yet when it comes to our state politics, we are, we are two parties, and it is the House versus Rick Scott. <laughs> yeah. um, 2018 is going to be a bloodbath, and I'm so excited to see what happens. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be pretty interesting. I think, you know, as we talk about Trump and Scott, I think their expectations, and any other um, person without legislative experience, I think when they, they move into the executive role, they think that either by, again, sheer force of will, or because they've always been able to um, overly influence, you know, in their, in their private sector, they've always been able to over, overly influence and get their way. I think they think that it's going to happen once they get to D.C. And, and as Scott was in the first couple of years, and maybe now, and as Trump is now, it comes as a huge shock to, the, to, to these people that, holy shit, I can't get this stuff done without having to negotiate. And I think that it, because it boils down to, in business, for both Rick Scott and Donald Trump, they're beholden to one thing, which is the bottom line. Right. Whereas in Washington and Tallahassee, they're beholden to one thing, which is getting reelected. Yeah. And that means they're donors. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Well, I think, you know, and uh, yeah, and, and you're right. And as a business owner, that is, but I've been involved with politics. I see that a lot. People, they go in and go, we're gonna run government like a business which is a great talking point, but it's not realistic because government does not work like a business because you... I think government should work like a business. The problem is politics doesn't work like a business. Right. Well, and, and that's it. You've got so many different interests and so many different things, and it's, as the owner of my company, if whatever I want to do, I do. As long as it's within the regulations of the law, I'm okay. Um, as a mayor or a governor or president, you can't just dictate things. You've got the executive order, but 
But it's it's I forget the story I read, but it was something like seventy-five or seventy-six percent of Donald Trump's executive orders have simply been overturning Obama's. Yeah. Like it, there's so very little you can actually I mean, they're like signing statements. When the president signs a bill, but he goes, yeah, but I don't like this part. <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. But I, I do think we've gone down a, a, a certain rabbit hole here that would be interesting to discuss because ultimately, I think what I'm complaining about and what also y'all are agreeing with me on is the problem in politics is, is the money. And I just, I don't know how we rectify that. I'm well no y'all are gonna call me crazy. I'm a big defender of Citizens United. I do believe that money is speech, but I also believe that that hijacks our elected officials to care only about the first Tuesday after the first Monday in November. So I don't know how we reconcile those two things. Uh, yeah, I don't think we can. Well, I mean, the issue with, with money and politics is, I mean, that's corruption 101. You look at any other country, you look at any South American country, they're up in protests every other week because, you know, they're... Socialism they have, is failing? Well, no, it's, it's because they have corrupted officials. They have corrupted officials. The, the issue is, it's not socialism. It's the fact that you have someone that's in power that's, that's helping someone of their own. That's, uh, I mean, also, that's nepotism, right? Helping someone that, that they're familiar with, or, uh, nepotism, or one of their I think, own family, requires I know. you to be related to the person. But. Well, it's by relation, either backslapping, <laughs> either being friends or, or family and helping them. Uh, I mean, you look at those countries; um, they end up helping out their friends, and then uh, it's it's corruption. Uh, I, uh, was it South Korea that that uh, they they just had that um, yeah, the prime the president, minister president got removed from yeah office. the the yeah. prime minister was uh, she had like a it, was it a president yeah okay. they have a presidential system okay so their president got removed um, and she was being influenced by like a, a church leader or like a religious leader and a, her best friend. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. it was. It's all of that's corruption, and uh, it's it's not in the best interest of the country. The issue is the same thing here. Um, you have uh, Trump. He's got all these different special interests. He's got like we don't we don't even we still don't even have his tax returns. We still don't have Trump's tax returns after 100 days in office and after a year campaigning. Um, and there's been no other president that hasn't released their their tax returns uh, going that, into office. I, I, that only started about like 40 years ago. Okay. Yeah. But, I mean, it's, it's kind of a tradition now. And it, it's to the point where we want to know who's influencing you. Like, who, who do you owe? Who are you scratching? Like, whose back are you scratching, you know? I mean... One door. What? One door. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. But... I mean, corruption is, a, it's a serious issue around the world. Um, it's, I mean, you know, it's coming to the forefront here because we're now in the midst of it. Um, we don't know, you know, we don't have Trump's tax returns. We don't know whether he owes uh, the Russians a billion dollars. If he did, he wouldn't have bombed Syria. Oh, yeah, we forgot about Syria. We haven't gotten into that. There's been... This is the thing about Trump. There's so much in a hundred. Can you believe it's only been a hundred days? No. Well, hey, okay. Let me let me ask you about this because this is actually kind of recent. And the, the fact that you know we it's have all kind of recent. We have we have okay yeah yeah, yeah. but we have we have we have rising tensions with North Korea right now. I mean, um, we're we're installing these THAAD missile systems in in South Korea, um, and. Uh, Trump is actually, he talked about uh, uh, Kim Jong-un as, as if he's a, a smart cookie. Yeah. That, that Kim Jong-un is a smart cookie and that if he had the chance, he would love to meet Kim Jong-un. And all these, all, all these other uh, uh, dictators and all these other uh, horrible uh, presidents, uh, you look at uh, Rodrigo uh, Duterte of, uh, of the Philippines, and I mean... You know, apparently Trump is best pals with him, too. Well, um, I mean... I don't know if he's best pals with him. Well, he certainly wants to sit down and have a, a, a nice meal with him or something. And you I know mean, something? I don't have a problem with that. <laughs> okay? I don't. Sit down and talk to the guy from North Korea. Sit down and talk but to the guy from But you don't the praise Philippines. these people. These are, these are not nice people. I mean... 
This is not part of the art of the deal. We've had issues with North Korea going back 50 years or something now. And I mean, it's like they've been, we call it saber rattling, where they they say, we're going to blow up half the earth. But I mean, you don't just sit down with, with North Korea and settle things. We've isolated them. They're not really an issue. You don't need to go in and, and start messing things up, kicking the hornet's nest. They were fine where they were. You just need to isolate them. You don't need Trump going in, doing the art of the deal, and screwing things up worse. I like John McCain's, calls him, keeps calling him the crazy little fat kid. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, and they're like yeah. you can't call him that. He's like, what, he's not fat? <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's, it's funny. When, when Barack Obama ran in 2008, I remember he just got the shit kicked out of him for saying that he would sit down. I forget with what dictator he said he was going to sit down with. Um, and Now, I'll, I'll concede that uh, the news today where Donald Trump said he'd sit down with Kim... Uh, Kim Jong-il Jong or Kim Il-jong? Jong-il, right? I don't know why, but for some reason, generationally, they just seem to swap the order of the names. Il died, and then it's un. It, uh, it, we'll, we'll come. Because, of course, I, the push notification from CNN was hysterical, and I, and I, I didn't particularly like it. Um, and I do have to admit that I believe that sort of unilateral negotiation with North Korea is not something I support, which is what Barack Obama supported. I'd much more prefer the Bush strategy of multilateral engagement. Um, But I think there's a reason that Donald Trump launched the airstrikes in Syria he did when he was having dinner with the president of China at Mm Mar-a-Lago. And I think it's a strong sign to show that you, you mean the ones? To, you mean the, the airstrikes on that that one airport that they they sent flights out on the next day? Yeah. Like I mean that airport, they yeah they were still flying planes out of there the next day. It was still operational. What good is any of that? I mean like you you have all these fights. You have you have you're dropping bombs up. and like does nothing. He's a lame duck president. He's not doing anything. Lame duck. Well, for conservatives, for conservatives, he's going to be a lame duck president because he's not going to get anything done. About half of what he's trying to do is unconstitutional. Well, we'll see the way the legislative filibuster goes and see the way that the most important legislative branch of our government... You know what? There wasn't a filibuster. There wasn't a filibuster on the, on the health care bill, was there? No, because... No, there wasn't. He couldn't do that. Paul Ryan set it up so that he couldn't do that. I, I'm sorry. Well, I got the microphone. Go ahead. But no, we can all talk about continuing resolutions, and it's bad when we do it, and bad and not bad, or it's bad when they do it, not bad when we do it. But I think, in large part, because of the resistance from Obama employees in the in the government before Trump came into office, and the continuing resistance of them, not to mention the resistance within the judiciary within the Ninth Circuit and the resistance coming from moderate uh, Republicans, it's going the way I always thought it would all along, that we're expecting it to be the end of the world, and he's going to have his hand on the nuclear button, but because of the strength of our congressional system and the balance of power and his lack of knowledge of how to run government, he will end up being basically a right-of-center centrist that gets led around by the nose by congressional Republicans. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's that's a very interesting take. I, um, Can I get I another think drink? That's, I think that's <laughs> the establishment. <laughs> I think that's the establishment's expectation that they're going to lead him around by the nose. I don't know, uh, or the, I think it's actually more that they're going to wait him out. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I don't know that either of those scenarios are are going to happen, frankly, because um, the 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 fascinating thing about him, and you have to understand that if he walked in here right now and burst into flame, I wouldn't piss on him. But you need to understand, from my perspective, is I think the man can sometimes be a genius. I really do. I think he can play the, the Senate. 
He can. You talking play. about Donald Trump? I do. Wow. He plays the Senate beautifully. He plays him like a fiddle. He plays Wait, Paul I, I, Ryan I, I, like a fiddle. I have a question. I agree that he's a genius in the sense that he plays the media. But how has he played the McConnell or Ryan or the Senate and the House? Because from my perspective, he started, I'm not getting what I want. He's so starting he's today. I mean, this is, this is a process. Okay? He started a couple of days, well, I, I guess yesterday, when he said, you know, our process is archaic. We need to change our process. We need to change the senatorial process. All right. As you pointed out a couple, a couple of minutes ago, when he was having dinner with uh, the Premier of China and launched the Syria attack, he was sending a message. And that's what he did yesterday. I'm sending a message. I will go so to you, the people. Do you think that's the first step towards trying to blow up cloture rules and move the vote from 60 to 51? Yeah. He said it. He said it in a tweet this morning. God, I hope they do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But I, so I, I, think, I think he thinks he can do that. The, he can affect that change in the Senate. Yeah. Huh. I, I believe I just used affect as a verb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think he thinks he can do that. I'm not really sure that he can, but... I don't doubt that his uh, ego thinks he yeah, can. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. Yeah. Well, so, it'll, it'll be interesting because I have to admit, I've, you know, y'all had 60 votes in the Senate when you passed Obamacare and didn't have to worry. Of, well, parts of it you had to worry about bu budget reconciliation. But it, I will admit it, it's frustrated the hell out of me that we haven't been able to get done on the Hill what he said we would get done. Yeah. And But again, I, I don't blame him. I blame congressional Republicans. Well, you know, I, I, if we look at the history, I mean, he deserves some of the blame, okay? You don't call Paul Ryan the names he called Paul Ryan and then expect Paul Ryan to work with you. You well, don't. I mean, Paul Ryan dumped him after the whole Billy Bush tape. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know, I don't know about y'all, but... That Sunday after church, I was sitting with my brother going, my God, if they heard what we said in our fraternity house in college. <laughs> that is not okay. Oh, it's totally fine. And you know why? Do you know why? Because, well, first of all, you know why it's okay? Because my fraternity brothers were actually brothers. And I knew that it was jokes. And not a single one of my brothers would have ever actually behaved that way towards a woman. And when you make off-color jokes when it's just the boys, it's no big deal. And it has nothing to do with the fact that I respect my mother, who has a bachelor's, a master's, a PhD, and a law degree. It has nothing to do with the fact that I respect my grandmother, who was a Navy wife, who raised three children. It has nothing to do with the fact that I'm Southern, and I was raised to always be polite and respectful to women, and never behave that way. But yeah, when a couple of guys are together in a fraternity house and we make stupid jokes, we're being stupid guys. He wasn't joking. No, he said, when you're a celebrity, they let you, which first of all implies consent, and second of all, is a joke. It is not it's not a joke. Okay, fine. It's not okay. No, fine. if it's that's not. what you believe, whatever. But America didn't vote for Hillary. America he voted for it. Trump after all of that because we can recognize when someone is behaving like a stupid guy and doesn't actually mean what they say. Hey, when can we actually I take mean, him for, seriously? God, I mean, I can't tell you how many times in my fraternity house we made jokes about rape not being real. It's just surprise sex. But not a single one of my brothers would have ever done that. It's a joke, and this is the problem with it, you liberals. It, you can't no, no, take no, no, a no, fucking no. joke anymore. There's some things. There are some things you don't joke about. Oh my god, you're wearing a Florida State shirt. Your quarterback is Jameis Winston, and you're upset about rape. <laughs> yeah, you can't. You can't joke about that. It is when it's no. invented and not real. It's a joke. No, no, no. no. Oh this is a, this is the point where Robbie lost the women of the yeah. audience. <laughs> <That's it. laughs> I mean, like, when, when can we actually take you seriously? When can we actually trust your words? Like, when you say aliens are coming down and, and they're destroying people, do we take you seriously or not? No, I mean, I'm, a, I'm a Methodist, not a Scientologist. Okay. <laughs> but, I mean, like, when do we take you seriously? When do we take you and Trump seriously? Right. When, when can we believe you? When he 
I mean, like, Trump, like, you're saying, well, you know, that's not what he meant. Well, he lied then, right? I mean, like, like what? Let me give you a, a, re- a really good example. There you go. Really good example. Again, my mother, who is a PhD and a JD, was listening to it because this woman is extremely educated, extremely accomplished. She's also 70, and she did this in the 60s when women were just supposed to get married and have babies. She was listening to a Donald Trump speech, and he was explaining why he bombed Syria. And it was one speech where he was actually reading off the teleprompter. But he went off the teleprompter in the line where he said they're gassing children, and he clearly went off the teleprompter, and he went, babies, they're doing this to babies, babies. And my mother said, that's why I voted for Donald Trump. He's a real person. His outrage at what they were doing to the people of Syria was so real that he went off teleprompter and spoke in a way that politicians aren't supposed to speak. Can we take him seriously on that? I mean, like, I did. is he, is he being, being serious about them gassing babies? Can we trust him? Is I mean, he lying? The picture, I mean, like, the pictures I would, of them no, no, no. The pictures are there. Oh, so we can't Photoshop pictures? I mean, like... What? What? Seriously. What? Seriously. Okay. It's, it's the year 2017. I can Photoshop anything into any picture. Okay, well, let me ask you this. If, if, Sir, if Bashar al-Assad wasn't really gassing babies in Syria, why would the American media want to Photoshop those photos? Well, I mean, it's, it's the fake news, right? It's the fake news. They're just throwing anything out there. They got him to That's bomb your word. a That's Russian... That's word. They got him to bomb a Russian client state in the Middle East, which supposedly he's buddy-buddy with Vladimir Putin, but he totally pissed off Vladimir Putin when he bombed Syria. Except he talked to him today, but, but yeah, that's beside yeah. the point. I, do I think... I love, I love how basically Donald Trump's a Russian puppet unless he's Ronald Reagan fire-breathing, we're bombing Russia in 20 minutes. I mean, that basically, that's what the Democrats are expecting of our relations no, no, with Russia. No, no, it's not just the Democrats. You even talk to John McCain. John McCain's unhappy about how... how Your beloved Barack Obama can sit I'm in the room with John McCain. I'm not talking about... And say, I'm, no, 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 no after the next election, but because Donald Trump won't beat his chest and fire breathe at Russia, let's, he's somehow a Okay, puppet? let's talk about John McCain. I'm not talking about Barack Obama. John McCain's unhappy about how buddy-buddy how buddy-buddy uh, Trump is with everyone else, all these other dictators and, Pu- and Putin. I mean, like, since when are we allies with Russia? We're not talking about Iran. We're talking about Russia right now. You know what? Are, do they have nuclear weapons right now? Does Iran have nuclear weapons? Do they? No, 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 no. Tell me. Tell me right now. Do they have nuclear weapons right now? Oh, oh they, so they don't. They don't have nuclear weapons. Okay, thank you. Next question. No, but they clearly have Iraq's weapons of mass destruction that Bush knew about. I think, I think a little part of his soul just died when he said that. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, so this, it's kind of funny because what a lot of the debate the last, I don't know, 10 minutes or so is boiled down to is one side trying to pit hypocrisy upon the other side. And that to me speaks to a fact that we're unable to be critical of anything our own side has ever done. Mm-hmm. And there is so much to be critical on the side of what Barack Obama has done because he has totally destabilized international policy. And, and the only way you can try and impugn Donald Trump is the fact that somehow he's a Vladimir Putin puppet, which there has yet to be evidence of, and the fact that he said today he'd sit down with Kim uh, Jong-un, whatever his name is. Kim Jong-un. Yet let me remind you, when we were at the brink of the Cold War with Russia, and Ronald Reagan got up and walked out of a meeting with Gorbachev and Reykjavik. The media heralded it as imminent war. And so I don't understand why Reagan taking a hard line with Russia is the beginning of war, yet Trump failing to take a hard line with Russia means the imminence of war, and we are a Russian puppet. Well, let me tell you this. Trump ain't Reagan. He's not quite as good as Reagan, I don't think. I mean, like, I don't trust Trump. I, I mean, Reagan, you know, I'll give him credit. Like, 
he did some good things. What? Well, I mean, <laughs> breaking I don't down think, that wall is pretty good. I don't, th- I don't think Reagan was Reagan. I think we have an image of who Reagan was. I yeah. think the honestly, I think the parallels between Trump and Reagan are really strong. I, I think that when we look in hindsight, once Trump gets through this bumpy part, we may the Republicans will look at Trump the way Reagan did. Reagan came in; he was not the typical politician. He was an actor. He was he knew how to speak to the people that, and, and, and that he was charismatic. And that was something Trump has. That was something Reagan has. And you know, we're sitting here and we're. I, I get it that it, Trump doesn't speak to a lot of people in this room. But Trump speaks to a lot of other pe- a lot of other people in the country, and I, I think there's going to be some parallels with Reagan. I, I, I know everybody looks at me like I'm crazy when I say that, but yeah, but I mean that's going to be on tape in like Trump, 30 years. Trump is go, not necessarily oh, yeah. Trump <laughs> yeah. is not necessarily that charismatic. I mean, Reagan was a movie star. Uh, Trump was a, a reality TV star with a Celebrity Apprentice, well, right? Which is a movie star now. Well, let me say, you know who yeah, else he wasn't? was in Home Alone 2. You know who else wasn't in Home <laughs> Yeah, in a cameo, right? But the, I mean... The, I, the other person who wasn't a typical politician is Barack Obama. I mean, he right. really wasn't. He w- didn't have a lifetime in politics the way most of our presidents do. And I think, ultimately, the reason history will judge presidents like Reagan and Trump as a success and Obama as a failure has nothing to do with their background, has nothing to do with whether or not they're a professional politician, has everything to do with the fact that liberalism is a fucking lie. It doesn't work. Again, a topic for another day, I think. (laughs) I'd love to sit down and talk to you about that. I told John that I thought the first 100 days was way too nebulous. We were going to get way off on tangents. but that, but that well, there's there it is. That's Trump's first hundred days. Way off nebulous, nebulous yeah. way off tangents. That's it. So, so my question is, and and it, and this, and it, and it's really a question that needs to be answered. I think, if if the average person believe, and you know who the hell the average person is, believes that Trump stretches the truth that you know you shouldn't take Trump literally then how can we believe going forward how can we believe anything the man says today because, when because he you, said you said two phrases that i do not believe are synonyms i believe are mutually exclusive you said doesn't say things literally and stretches the truth i don't believe those to be synonyms i i believe them to be mutually exclusive actually what i said was that that what you said is that I don't take literally. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't take him literally, but that doesn't mean I think that he lies or he makes stuff up. I think that means he just fires off tweets. You know, um, it's well, much today, the, today much the same said, way. Much the same way in most of my social media postings, I fire off crap, and I'm willing to dial it back. I'm willing to hope that maybe the party comes closer to. Well, that's a whole different issue, but... It's okay. You know what? That's fair, because it's not necessarily dial back. It's, and again, I've already said this, it's, I think, an accurate understanding of what he means when what he says, because he doesn't speak like Obama, he doesn't speak like George W. Bush, he doesn't speak like Bill Clinton, and he doesn't speak like... He doesn't speak like anyone. He speaks like Trump, who has And he's a teetotaler. He doesn't drink. He's a teetotaler. He just says what he thinks. It's like that point I made about my mother listening to his speech. He goes off on tangents and says what he feels. And it might not be Look, we need policy driven. It might not be policy driven. It's emotive. But we need a we need a president that's, that's not an ink blot. We I mean we, we but can't it's just not speak. that he's an ink blot, it's that he's finally speaking the way the rest of America speaks. But but and that maybe when we go fuck Bashir al Assad, nuke him to the death, it doesn't mean we actually think we should go to wow. nuclear war with Syria. But it means that we think he's a piece of shit well, and we have to figure what did out they a way hear? to get rid of him. What did they hear? What did what did Syria hear when, when he said that? If he says that, what are, what are they supposed to think? Well, Trump, oh, Trump's nuclear attitude. Nuclear war is coming tomorrow. Trump's attitude is that it's part of the deal, and I'm not really sure I give a shit what Syria thinks. But, okay, and I, and I know I keep hearkening back to the ACA, but he made a huge promise yesterday. All right? Pre existing conditions are going to be covered. He said that during the campaign. And, no, he said it yesterday. 
So what's I'm, I'm sorry. He he reiterated a campaign promise. Right. Pre-existing and. If you take a look at what's going on in the House right now, it ain't going to happen. Okay, I, I will, I'll admit I'm not conversant enough because I did just read that article where um, uh, Upton, the Republican congressman from Michigan, said it's not going to be in the bill. But I only read the first two paragraphs of right. the CNN article, yeah. so I cannot so, conversely speak on so that. So let's issue. assume that that doesn't happen. Okay, again, pretty big deal to a lot of people who have pre-existing condition. Let's assume it doesn't happen. How can we believe anything that he says the next time, and the next time, and the next time? Well, is it possible? Because he won't be the first president who's ever broken a campaign. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. I agree with that. I agree with that. They all break them. They all lie. They're all full of shit. Look, let me... I, 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 but I these are huge things that he's... That he can't oh, deliver I don't know on. That that's necessarily a huge. Oh, it's huge. Pre-existing condition. It's huge. I believe yeah. it. No, I believe it to be that's huge. That's a big to part of ACA. People, but quite frankly, I think it should be done away with. What? I mean, because pre covering pre-existing condi conditions is not insurance. It's uh, welfare. Uh, no, actually, it's insurance. <laughs> no, dude, you can't you insure not... something after the fact, dude. That's like me going to a homeowner's insurance and saying, "My house burned down. Can I get a policy?" Dude, you do that's not. Like you do not, because I, I do. And I'm going to be. I'm going to be as honest. Who, I'm going to be as honest with you as I know how to be. Okay, you seem like a nice guy. You don't want to debate healthcare with me. I'll kick your nuts in. <laughs> you don't want to do that. But you, okay. I mean, you have to admit on the fundamental definition of the word insurance, mm -hmm. pre funding pre-existing conditions is not insurance. Yes, it is. Actually, no, it it's is. not. You insure something before the fact. No. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's yes. It, it would literally be like if my house burned down, I went out and got homeowner's insurance and they paid for a new house. Yes. Okay. Okay, then from birth, what? from birth you should have insurance. No, God no, I never want children. <laughs> have you met them? <laughs> And I say this, I say yeah, this I, as someone who would benefit from pre-existing coverage because I am completely deaf in my left ear. But it's something that has already happened. I already had the tumor that ate up my eardrum, half my ear canal, my hammer, anvil, and stirrup. I cannot hear out of my left ear. The only way I would ever be able to fly to the only place in the country that does this is LA, the House Ear Institute Clinic, and pay for it is with pre-existing coverage. But that's the kind of stuff that drives healthcare up through the roof. For God's sakes. So I'd sooner pay the first class because I don't fly coach. I'd sooner play the first class ticket to LA and have my insurance be less than that. But it's not because of government regulations. It's through the goddamn roof. So let me let let's run with that for a second because pre-existing conditions. Plus I can hear fine out of my right ear. Yeah, pre-existing conditions are near and dear to my heart. When he wants to. Um, I have a son that has a pre-existing condition. Um, so you're insured, yes, and you get cancer. This is the old way now, the old way of insurance. You get cancer, they kick you off. We did it every day. I wrote programs that allowed Blue Cross to kick people off once they got ill, okay? And now you're fucked, because now you have a pre-existing condition and you can't get insurance until the ACA. Yes, it is. It was defined as a pre-existing condition. The other thing that was defined as a pre-existing condition. This guy would The other thing know. that was defined as a pre-existing condition is. Uh, let me count it up. Hold on. One, two, three, four. At least six people in this room, prior to the ACA, had a pre-existing condition. What? Being a woman was I a pre-existing condition. <laughs> Insurance companies charge 25% more in premiums if you were a woman. You're correct. Men can't have birth. You're correct. Right. Yeah. No. No. Oh, it's 2017. Men can have birth. Yeah, gen <laughs> gender identity here. Well, yeah. let's um, let's go ahead and wrap this up. Uh, you know, we've been going for like an hour now, so this is pretty cool. Let's uh, let's let, let's kind of go back and just get y'all's final thoughts after we've gone through and chased every rabbit that we can <laughs> and gone down every down hole. Every let's see, hole. see what we can. Overall, you got a grade for Trump? Do you think it's an A, B, pass, fail? We can just do, what, what are y'all thinking? We'll uh, 
I start down a, here. I think a C minus. Wow, giving a C minus. Okay. Um, yeah. I'd give it an F. Um, I think I think Trump's going to be a lame duck president. I think he's uh, he's a wannabe dictator. Um, I think people are going to look back on Trump and they're going to they're going to think of him as like another Nixon. That uh, this this whole Russian scandal is going to come back and bite him in the ass. Um, I don't think he's going to make it uh, a full term. I don't think he's going to make it four years. Not making a full. I give him an F. Ravi, uh, I just want to remind everyone that I'm a lifelong Republican. I identify as a right-wing conservative. Nobody knew that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if y'all been here the night we debated the HRO, I am a gay guy against to the Jacksonville HRO expansion. <laughs> and I will have to say that much as many of my grades in college were, I give the president an incomplete because I'm still waiting mm. to see. Very cool. All Honest. right. Very nice. Well, I appreciate y'all coming out. This has been a shot of politics. If y'all want to go back and listen to it in your car and yell at these guys as you're driving, <laughs> uh, it is available on iTunes. You can visit our website at shotofpolitics.com. We will try and bring this back next month. If any of y'all in the audience want to participate next month, we always have room. Let me know. Appreciate it. Thank Thanks. you very much. Thank you. Thank you.